0: Yeah like basically I was there to see my girl and I like just kept on going over in my head throughout the race I was like you can't beat me because like I'm here for something more than you are Um, and that that held me through but the whole time I was just like oh well don't stop can't stop keep going
1: Kyoto. That was Sam Harvey. I'm Matt Raymond, and I'm Eugene Bingham. This is Dirt Church Radio: interesting conversations with interesting runners. We'd like to let you all know that Scott Running, and you can find them at Scott on the internet, are in receipt of the mighty Super Track Three, which is the newest iteration of their gnarliest kind of trail work horse. Oh my goodness, these shoes are incredible. Apparently they've uh, reinvented the upper, so now they, uh, they've they got a mix of uh, ripsop nylon and thermoplastic polyurethanes. I don't know what that means, but apparently it means that the upper of the shoe is tougher. Um, anyone who's run in this shoe knows that the outsole just sticks like glue to wet rocks, mud, gravel. It just eats everything up. they just So fantastic! We're stoked about it. If you go to Scottrunning.nz to check them out, the Supertrack Three. I
2: rocked again my Ultra Spire vest at the weekend. Yes, the Zygos Four. The Zygos Four with my little phone pocket uh, just keeps on trucking. I cannot believe it.
1: Absolutely. We're keenly awaiting the arrival of the Zygos 5, apparently that's on the way as well, but a Zygos 4 Mm. from Ultraspire just fantastic. Go to www.ultraspire.co.nz and while we're here we might as well talk about Further Faster, the best independently owned outdoor goods emporium in the known universe. Uh, Go see Rocky, Badger, Jules and the crew there. They will sort you out in Sydenham, in Christchurch and... Wild Things, oh my goodness, Rob Bathgate at the helm, amazing trail community if you go to wildthings.club, d- DCR2021 is the code, you'll get 15 months VIP membership for the price of 12, access to the shop, the discounts, the whatever the heck else they got going on there, peak bagging directories and etc, etc, etc. Cheap boils, do it. And go something like further, faster. There in Christchurch, Rocky is hairy, and so is Badger. Jules is nice, and Jacob is delicious. Go further, faster now. Oh, further, faster. There in Christchurch, Rocky is hairy, and so is Badger. Jules is nice, and Jacob is delicious. Go further, faster now. Digit Radio, episode one hundred
2: and eighty-one. We made it. And I can't, well, I can't wait to see what sportsing reference you've got this week because last week's, uh, I think, was, you know, people, I don't know if they appreciate it as much as, as they should have. It was gold.
1: I've got nothing, uh, truly. Um, you got anything?
2: 181. No, it's difficult. It's difficult. Um, look, it was great to catch up with Rob Hutchings last week, wasn't it?
1: Absolutely. What a uh, a slight departure from the normal fear of being... Trail runners Or runners who do other things To being someone who does everything mm. um, But What a really deep conversation yeah. With uh, lots of twi- And we were talking about it, weren't we, on our run On Sunday morning, we were like How it sort of twisted, 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 twisted And then, yeah, bam Yeah, yeah, yeah if you We're a generous dude, so
2: Yeah, if you haven't caught it, go and have a listen Really interesting, I mean, you know Our catchphrases, interesting conversations With interesting runners, and Rob certainly is that. So um yeah, and doing absolutely. great things so yeah. Yeah, you hey, mentioning that right. It was great to catch up with you in the
1: forest yesterday
2: and it was cool to bump into DC Alistair Glenn too.
1: Yes, that was amazing. That yeah. was really uh it, that was cool. Uh I've I've seen Glenn around a lot, a lot uh in the forest over the years and it's the first time ever got to sort of run with him for any length of time, so that was super good. Yeah, I noticed that he, came,
2: he came up behind us at a rate of knots, so he obviously slowed down to run with us, so yeah, thanks, man. That's again. right, exactly. <laughs> um, speaking of going fast. see if
1: these guys are okay. Yeah, exactly.
2: They seem to be going very, very slow. Um, speaking of very fast, this, this week, Sam Harvey. Um, he, we've been meaning to get him on the show for a while, but, yeah, what a, what a weapon.
1: Yeah, I mean, he, he appeared on the radar uh, at the uh, Riverhead Relapse, um, the backyard there, where he went toe-to-toe with Chris Bisley for several hours. Mm. Um, he raced his way onto the podium at Crazy K's 100 Mile last year in second place, and then last weekend he he only went and won the Pigs Backyard Ultra in Dunedin, the last person standing after 32 yards. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he, yeah, he's a he's a driven, interesting young man who mm, mm. you know, what a fantastic conversation it was. Mm. So really, really excited to bring you that.
2: Absolutely. How have you been?
1: Yeah, I'm okay. I mean we, we truck on, don't we? Like I'm a bit grumpy, but I'll I think I'm if I was to take a uh, a barometer for most people at the moment, they'd probably fall somewhere around a bit grumpy. Or mm. I think they would anyway, but I'm mm. certainly reflecting that. But Geez, things could be worse.
2: Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Bit grumpy, bit ho-ha. It's just the way of, way of way of the times, isn't it? Really, isn't it? Yeah. But yeah, it yeah. was. It was. It was. I had a bit of a recovery week last week, running wise, and um, was a bit jealous of some people getting out and getting after it on the weekend, which was good fun. Saw some people have some good missions, and Reese Johnson and and um, yeah, Reese Johnson, Terry
1: Suda. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: All Ooh. the peaks. Yeah. Uh,
1: in the I, I don't know how to describe the run but it was uh, what was it uh, Tongariro and, Rua pehu. Rua pehu and, mm. and and Ruapehu and in a 60 kilometre mm. mission with some precarious scrambling.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I did
1: a so, I did a I did a, a virtual park run and a very tame run in the forest.
2: By comparison <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I can consider you'd be pulling a hard no on that one anyway. so <laughs> right here, yeah, let's get into it. Start Start you. know. Everything's canceled. Yeah no. Uh, I mean, wh- what do you expect? We are living in the middle of an international pandemic, and this time the race that no one thought would be canceled, the Northburn, 100 Miler and 100k both bit the dust. So the shorter distances are still on. So hopefully people can get out and enjoy some time uh, on those hills. Uh, and that there's, I mean the hills they're, they're devilish. Yeah. Um, I'm sure Terry Davis will have some fun in store for you. And- yeah.
2: Yeah. Look, I mean it was you know lots of people were really disappointed because I think some people had transferred from Tarawera to looking at New Gareth uh, to to Northburn for instance, but um, it wasn't to be. Uh, but, yeah, I'm sure people will get down there and, and have fun in those shorter distances or find some of the missions like people did for Old Ghost, which was supposed to be on Saturday. And there was a bunch of people, wasn't there, got out for epic missions in lieu the race itself. But did you see that conditions on, on Saturday or over the weekend were, were horrendous? Um, I Absolutely saw that was, horrendous. Yeah, there was biblical rain and it just made so conditions so horrific that some reckon it would have had, a, had to have been an out and back anyway. So... I guess we're the gods endorsing the the decision to have cancelled the Great Race, but um, here's to a sunny and fulfilling 2023
1: for Old Ghost and all those other races that have been put off this year. Amen. One race that did get away was the Coastal Challenge in Auckland. It was the 20th anniversary, mm. uh, and they set people off in waves, which is you know. but butum. Uh, it changed the start time to account for the tide and things. And looks like, I mean, people who got out there for the various distances had an incredible time. I mean, you spent some time on the North Shore coastline last weekend, right? Yeah,
2: yeah. And it, it's a race that I reckon I should do some time because it's such a spectacular part of Tama Makoto, isn't it? It's just so beautiful. I mean, when we ran through, there was a bit of a swell coming through, but but close for comfort sometimes. But, um, yeah, I mean, a great run, scramble, Paddle really isn't it that race But yeah (laughs) On to
1: epic Uh, Epic (sighs) mission news So this is the epic Epic segment Now Michael Stewart I've got a Michael Stewart story Yeah At uh, Big's Backyard The virtual edition He was in the New Zealand team And the dude was suffering Pretty terribly with some I want to say ITB And ITB issues Yeah Um at, to the point where he was kind of Coming in with I think he got into the corral In like 10 seconds to spare He fell down the little hill yep. You know as you go onto yeah, yeah, the gravel Before yeah. the motorcycle He rolled down there And he was just roaring And he ran into the corral And his his, uh, his partner handed him a pie Like just handed him a pie And he just sits straight off again And you could hear him just roaring in the boat, like you just hear him like "Ah!" in the bush as he went off around the corner. And apparently, you know, and everyone was like, "Well, that's him, yeah, that's him, done for." Because you know, but apparently, I think he went on another three laps or something ridiculous. (laughs) Tough.
2: Well, (laughs) yeah. Look, he proved himself to be so tough um, at the weekend as if we didn't need more evidence. But he set out last week to undertake a triple S K in the Tararos and. Boy, oh boy, or oh, was that girl I got? I'm not sure. If he didn't go and bloody well do it, some 87 and a half hours to become the first person to have completed the triple. Um, all three SKs back to back. So 240 kilometres in total and a couple of Everest's worth of climbing. Um, main range in 29 hours, Tarn in 29 hours and Valleys in 29 and a half hours. I mean, I don't know, what are the superlatives? Just extraordinary. I, I somehow ended up in a messenger group as he was doing it and uh, wow, what a logistical and astonishing astonishing feat it was afterwards. Michael wrote himself, and I hope he doesn't mind me sharing this i can 't think i can't begin to thank everyone though I went into the triple to find my limits and test them. My limits were definitely reached in those ranges, and instead, I learned how much more we are capable of with good community around us. The strength and support of this group has left me humbled and extremely grateful. Wow, yeah, yeah. What the machine.
1: Just you are stretching for your park run. You're like, yep, all right, let's go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Eighty seven and a half miles. Amazing last me. Yeah, yeah amazing. amazing. Yeah. Right. Uh out in the Tutodo Ranges, Daniel Jones, uh yeah. Speedy Dan. He only went and bloody set an FKT, didn't he? So uh SK valleys. Yeah. FKT fastest nine times, seventy one kilometres, three thousand meters of climbing with plenty of scrambling and crawling in ten hours and fifty minutes and that's just that's crazy if if Daniel Jones is taking ten hours and fifty minutes to do something it's just hey you well, go I, like, saw, oh.
2: I saw some people saying like how did he manage to follow the track? He was going so fast, you know, like it sort of blew people away that he was able to keep on keep on track going that fast. Um, so yeah it really says something about the capability of the man. Mm.
1: And according to the FKT website the fastest time that we could see was set by Marty McRuden, which was thirteen hours ten minutes in two thousand and twenty solo unsupported. Uh, yeah. It's unbelievable three hours.
2: Yeah, yeah. I am not sure or, what you know, status. Two, yeah, I am sure what two hours and a bit. Yeah, and I am not. I am not sure what status stands one is, but um, yeah, astonishing, astonishing. Right, uh, yeah, and a world record for Camille Heron again. We've got to say. <laughs> So she um, broke her own women's world record in winning the US uh, track and field 100-mile champs in Nevada. Um, Of course, she's turned 40 recently, and she beat her previous mark by almost a minute and a half, winning in 12 hours, 41 minutes and 11 seconds. Um, She finished almost half half an hour ahead of the first male athlete. Um, And, you know, when you think of the year that she's had and the times that she's had, um, when we spoke to her a few episodes ago and she went through all those... um, Trials and tribulations that she's been through—it's phenomenal, isn't it? You know, I mean, mm. when okay. she set that world record, was it two thousand seventeen? You know, she smashed the previous mark of Van by half an hour or something, didn't you? Or no, no, it was even more. She absolutely obliterated it. So basically, to have come out and gone even faster—well, not basically—to have come out and done it, gone even faster is
1: literally gone even faster.
2: Literally, uh, is
1: astonishing.
2: Yeah. Faster
1: as a master, as she
2: said herself. Oof, there you go. radio. let's get into this week's... Greatest Greatest Run run Ever. ever. Greatest
1: Run Ever. Greatest Run Ever, which is the part of the show where we ask you to write in to us and tell us your greatest run ever. It doesn't have to be a race or a mountain summit. Might just be that time that you hooked up for a run with the guys from Dirt Church Radio and told us you'd send in a greatest run ever, Glenn, but you haven't yet. Anyway, (laughs) send it in to us at dirtchurchradio at gmail.com. And this one is from Elise Burton. My greatest run ever happened during the most recent lockdown in Auckland when I discovered my running shoes again. I used to be a runner until eight years ago when I decided to enter a cycling event to raise money for cancer research and kind of chose cycling over running after that experience. I would still occasionally go for a run, even into the Queenstown Half Marathon and the Iron Maori Half Ironman in Napier, but nothing like I used to, and the bike would be my sport of preference. Fast forward to August 2021, when we got thrown back into a three-month home detention scenario, I decided to read a book instead of spending my days binge-watching Netflix and found the autobiography of Dean Carnassus, the first book, on my bookshelf. I'm not even sure why I had this book, but I started reading it and all of a sudden had the urge to go for a run. That man's enthusiasm for running is infectious. It certainly is. So off I go. Digging out my little Camelback hydration pack and I went for a 21 kilometer run around Shakespeare Regional Park, my longest run before this was seven to eight kilometres, but I got home <laughs> with only a little ITB pain and felt like a million bucks. So, two weeks later in September, I decided to try another long run, but this time round, do it in dress up, just to cheer myself up as we seemed to be stuck in for what seemed like a forever lockdown. I dug out my pink clown dress and my green curly wig, filled my camelback, and went for a run from Army Bay via Arkles Beach, Manly, and back to Gulf Harbour, all the while looking like a clown. The day was perfect. Complete strangers were cheering me. Cyclists riding past were smiling and waving. Drivers hooting friendly hoots. And every Tom, Dick, and Sally were walking their dogs. So it felt like I had my own personal cheering squad. Mm-hmm. I got back after completing my second 21 kilometers and felt exhilarated. Who would have thought that running your local streets in a clown outfit would become your greatest run ever and make people smile during this time? I finished the lockdown having completed four half marathons, discovering Dirt Church Radio podcast and determination to run my first 42.
2: Fantastic.
1: Wow. Yeah. And We've even got a photo. Uh,
2: so do I we? might share that on the old social medias. Yeah. We yeah. should do. Yeah. We should do. Fantastic. I mean, that's, I mean, uh, yet another person that Dean Carnassus has got out the door.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. <sighs> wow. What? I mean, yeah. Incredible.
2: Um, but yeah, amazing. Thank you so, so much for sending that in. And the
1: rest of you, yeah, including you, Glenn, uh, send them in. Right. Yeah. On our guest, Sam Harvey. Christchurch-born runner, uh, winner of the Pigs Backyard Ultra Marathon in Dunedin with 32 laps. Runner up at the Riverhead, relapsed last year. Former overseas-based rugby coach. Now, this is something I want to really dive into. I'm excited to talk about. Um, he's been a boxer, a firefighter, and a former resident of Nashville, of course. So, without further delay, here's our conversation with Sam Harvey. Digit Radio. Sam Harvey, Kia ora and welcome to Dirt Church Radio. How you doing, man? Yeah, good lads. How we doing? How we doing? We do we're doing remarkably well. Look, first off, congratulations on the win at Pig's Backyard Ultra. How was yeah. that?
0: No, thank you. Uh, no, it was good. It was good. I it was a shorter, shorter dance than I was expecting. So it was a bit of a blessing, but no, it was a it was a good little play in the mud.
1: Yeah. So I mean it. Speaking of mud, it looked pretty wintry, man. Like some 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 gnarly conditions at at some points during the race. How how, how did that compare to Riverhead?
0: Yeah, it was pretty funky because like Riverhead was muddy and slippery from the get go. Where Pigs was actually like pretty mild on the first day, and then it rained uh, in the night, I think, multiple times, and it, and then it got slippery. And then it was cool. Um, the next, the next morning, and then it rained again, and then it got even slipperier. And so, yeah. And and yeah, stream yeah.
2: crossings as well.
0: Yeah that that was um, that was a bit of something different because basically no point in changing socks at all. Like I did one sock change just to just to check the state of my feet, and they were fine. And I was just like, oh well, this will do. Chuck some new socks on, chuck the same shoes on, and then just ran throughout. And yeah, that was it. But uh the the rivers or the streams, they did definitely
1: add an element. I mean, we've known Steve uh tripp and his various cast of co-conspirators, uh, Chris, for a long, long time. Um, and anything that the dude does, it's gonna be um not quite what you expect. I mean, what was the course like? Well, including a creek crossing, I guess, on the last person standing, what was the course like?
0: No, it was it was it was pretty nice. Um had its crap parts, had its nice parts, um, had certain certain little bits for me like were quite euphoric every time I'd run them. Um and then some bits were just like, oh well, get through it and carry on. It was it was a nice course. mm and how did, the, how did the race,
2: your race, unfold? Were you feeling good going into it and, and how did it play out for you?
0: Yeah, I, w- I was feeling pretty good going into it. I mean, that's probably one of my strong points of the mental game. And, um, yeah, I just basically went in there with the aspect of I'm here to do a job. Um, see you guys at the finish, basically. <laughs>
2: And and you said you mentioned earlier, um, perhaps not quite as far as, you, as you'd anticipated. So you you were there for for the long haul, ready to, ready to go deep.
0: Yeah, I was definitely there to um, at least go further than has gone in New Zealand. Um, and then if the competition was there for it, I uh, wanted to see if we could take Katie's uh, top top number as well. Yeah. Yeah, and and Teddy,
2: um, he so he ran with you for a few laps, and then set off on set off on the last lap, obviously, and and turned back. Were you were you aware of what was going on with
0: that? Yeah, I mean, like I could I, I saw him going further, but at the same time, that was his first hundred miler. That was his first two hundred k. And when you've never done gone that far before, then you're like, oh, okay, what's next? Mm. Uh, yeah, it was pretty cool. Like it was me, Jub and Teddy, the last three, and we had been running together basically from the start. And I said on the first day, like, how cool would it be if it was just us three left in the end? And I kind of picked it because we just had such a good dynamic going, like we were running it like a like a team game. And um, yeah, basically that that's the way unfolded at the end.
2: Yeah. Yeah. How I mean, how important was it to you that I mean how how much of a advantage I guess was it to you that you had done this format before? Um, you know, going and you know kind of what to expect? I mean, every race is different, but you kind of knew what to expect.
0: I I th- I think it definitely gave me an advantage an advantage. Um, I mean the fact that I'm a bit cooked, that also helps. Um, but yeah just just knowing the little mistakes that people will make. Like I was watching things unfold and I was just like, Oh, you're going to regret that. And, um, they ended up regretting that. So, um, yeah, (laughs) just, just little things. And I mean, there were a couple of times where I did doubt myself. I was like, Oh, maybe, maybe they know better than you. And it's like, bro, just you've done this before. Keep calm. Stay to the plan.
1: It'll all work out. Yeah. How did it compare to Riverhead? How was your experience? Um,
0: I think, I mean, to- totally different. Uh, I was going into Riverhead blind. Uh, I'd only heard about the race like maybe three weeks prior or something. Like I, I got in real last minute to Riverhead and I'd never even heard of the format before I like discovered it on 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 my entry. So, um, yeah, I, I had no idea what I was getting myself into then. Um, I did quite well, which was cool. Um, this time, yeah, I was, I was going in there to do a job. So it, it was a little bit different. I mean, when I went into Riverhead, I was obviously trying to get that golden ticket so I could get to Tennessee and see Anna. Um, now Anna's in New Zealand, so I'm not really running to try and get... To Tennessee to see her anymore I'm just I don't know running to prove a point <laughs> what's that point I don't know just see how much more cooked I am than all the other runners <laughs> I just want to see how far I can push push the envelope
1: yeah it's awesome I like you had a real impetus to be at uh, at every relapse you know and I am really keen to talk about you know Nashville because I Talk to your crew, uh, Chief Wyatt. Is that the dude's name? Uh, probably Reese. Reese. That was it. yeah. He had a mustache.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. My, two, two of my boys um, were, were there, so Reese and Trav. They were kind of running my, yeah. running my pit for um
1: for Riverhead. But what were you? Do- I mean, what were you doing three? What were you doing three weeks before relapse? Like, were you running? Had you run ultra marathons before? Had you? You just thought three, three weeks is quite the protracted build-up to a race that doesn't end I mean what were you up to?
0: Yeah um, I mean I've been running ultra since 2000 and 2018 I think I ran my first 50k and then I've just like dabbled in 100 and 100k 100 miler 50k type stuff at the same time as like boxing and rugby and Triathlon and all that, um, playing around with far too many things, uh, and yeah. Then, as far as like three weeks out from Riverhead, uh, I'd just taken a job in Auckland. I was about to move up, and I was like, "Oh, let's try and find a race." And it like turned out that I was going to be like moving up to Auckland, and there was a race a week later. And oh, there was a golden ticket to get to Tennessee. So I was like, "Sweet, let's do that."
1: And you wanted to get back to Tennessee. What had you been doing in Tennessee in the first place?
0: So I've been, um, well, I have been coaching and playing rugby uh, for Nashville Rugby Football Club since 2016. I, like, basically got sick of my dead-end career path, and I was like, well, I'm either going to move to Mongolia and buy a team of horses and disappear, or I'm going to go to the U.S. and coach rugby and i took the more sane option
1: (laughs) (laughs) i mean i guess for people who don't know the 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 u.s is a massive place and and rugby is not a major sport but it's certainly well established yeah
0: yeah i mean like rugby is the fastest growing sport in the u.s give or take and i mean there's more people that play rugby in the u.s than than new zealand so i mean like kiwis and aussies who who do rugby over there, we, we call America the sleeping giant because they've just got a huge population. They've got crazy ath- athletic ability within their population and with, with the right training, like they're, they're going to be a force to be reckoned with. So
2: yeah, they're already kind of making waves in the sevens, aren't they? So once they exactly. pull it together in the 15s, it's going to be like you say, sleeping giant stuff, isn't
0: it? Yeah. And sevens is huge over there. Like, um, like, we, we play touch all summer in New Zealand. In the US they play sevens all summer and if you wanted to, you could play a different sevens tournament in a different city basically every weekend for summer. Wow. wow. So, how, how, why Nashville? How did you end up there? Uh, yeah, just it just happened. Uh, I mean, like, I just created this little thing for myself and, and basically like, trolled the US to find find the right team and the right club and yeah ended up in Nashville and uh yeah things things worked out pretty pretty well.
2: Yeah. Was so was rugby your sport? Was that
0: was that your thing? Rugby was one of my main sports like growing up. And when I first moved there in twenty sixteen I was like peaking in rugby. Like I, I was playing some pretty good footy. Uh so went over there basically with with the hope of playing and coaching told them what I could do and what I, what I could add to a club. And, uh, yeah, they took me on and made me their coach and let me have a bit of fun.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And, and so you, what, so you, what brought you back to New Zealand? Why did you come back to New Zealand?
0: Uh, I, I mean, it, always just been doing it on a tourist visa so i right. just like go over for, for three months and then come back and then go over for three months and then that got pretty expensive and then um i basically called it quits like got a decent job and all that bought a house and then i was just going back for like one little like one last hurrah with the lads and uh went over and uh was the fall so spring here but fall of 2019 and then I met Anna and I was like oh snap there goes that plan so um yeah
2: yeah yeah and she's back here now
0: finally yeah
2: yeah that must have been a mission with all the MIQ and everything
0: yeah I mean MIQ sucked um the distance sucked like uh what was it? She got here in December last year and we hadn't seen each other for like 12 months to the day. Wow. So at that point we'd been together a bit over 2 years and in total I think cumulative we had actually been together like 3 or 4 months wow. in person. Wow, that's tough.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> it must be so good now though. Yeah.
1: So there must be quite the sorry, Eugene there must be quite the you know, the feeling you're trying to earn your way back uh, to Tennessee. You're standing there on the in the corral with, with Chris Bisley again and again and again. What was that like? Um.
0: Yeah, I, like,
1: basically, I was
0: there to see my girl, and I, like, just kept on going over in my head throughout the race. I was like, you can't beat me because, like, I'm here for something more than you are. Um, and... That that held me through the the whole time. I was just like, oh well, don't stop, can't stop, keep going. Uh, but in the end, I I just did, did some silly moves, um, maybe pushed a little bit hard, and um, and then obviously like maybe wasn't as hard as I possibly am now, and yeah, ended up stuffing my knee. So that pulled me out.
1: Yeah, it was definitely a function of mechanics, not will, that put you into the assist position, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, like that that last lap that I did finish, I I hobbled like like I was like running with one leg for half a lap. And I was like, oh, like I can't do another lap. But then I didn't think of it. Like even though I'd hobbled half a lap. I still came in with like ten minutes to spare. Like I would made good time. So if I had have just like had my head right, I would, would have probably been fine, been able to bring it back. Mm.
2: And I mean, it, that was. That, I mean, it was astonishing watching it. Um, your your determination and mental fortitude was was evident for everyone to see. Where does that come
0: from? <laughs> Uh, it's a great question. I don't know. I'm just really, really stubborn. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I get it from my mother. So that's always been the way. Yeah, I, I think I've grown more, and like as I've been like pushing more in my sport, I've yeah, I've become more absolute in my, I guess, my belief in myself in sport, and yeah, yeah, that's that's definitely one of my my. Big strengths in sport is just belief. Mm. Is that something you actually work on? Like, do you, do you
2: train that aspect? You know, people talk about training your mind as well as training your body. But is that something you do, or you, is it something you just have? You just come um,
0: with it. Oh, I I think it can be both. Um, I I'd say when I like moved to Nashville in twenty sixteen, mm. like that was a very pivotal point in my life. It was like instead of like going with the flow, I, w- I was, I was creating the flow. I was doing the thing that I wanted to do that I'd, I'd wanted to do for years. And um, that, that was probably about that moment that I like became like really into like motivational speech and like getting a little, a little bit more or a lot more philosophical about life. And um, that's, that's probably been a big, big part of it, like probably ever since then I've, I've started listening to like a lot of uh, motivational speech, like when I run or when I'm just training and stuff and so that then becomes a big factor, like you've always got something in your sport that you can get this big high and mighty philosophical speech in your head and you're like, ah, yeah
2: mm. there you go mm, mm. So you, you're sort of always chasing something bigger than just Oh, my leg hurts.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, at the end of the day, I'm here to try and inspire other people to push their limits. And if I have in the back of my mind that there is a limit, then um, I'm not going to go very far with, Mm. with what I'm trying to achieve.
1: Have you always been like that? Um. I feel
0: like I fostered it a lot more over, over the years, uh, like, m- m- like maybe it was there, but it was untapped when I was younger. And now that I've actually like put the hammer down on life. Yeah. Now, now it's, now it's kind of being tapped into a lot more.
1: Right. And in terms of, I mean, take us back, like where, you, so you grew up in, in Christchurch.
0: Yeah, yeah. A little town called Springston, which is just like, I don't know, 20, 30 minutes south of Christchurch, like the rural area on mum and dad's farm. And um, yeah, grew up with some pretty awesome sporting role models around me. My dad being a firefighter and a triathlete and a runner when he was younger. And my uncles on both sides are are phenomenal cyclists um, and yeah then family friends they were all they were all athletes too so that's that's kind of what I had to look up to
2: and you also had a um, your great-grandfather was it was a you shared a photo recently on your social media of him Wally Wilkinson slaying it
0: yeah Wally Wilkinson he was a bit of a beast um, as far as Running and league and refereeing internationally, and um, I think he was the captain of the New Zealand bowls team on the tour of South Africa. Like he was, he was mad.
1: He, he yeah. was into everything. It's amazing how I, I mean, I can sort of that generation, the pivots. Do you know what I mean? I think about my grandfather, who was going to the thirty-six Olympics um before no he wasn't he's was going to the 1940 olympics before hitler ruined it for everyone and um he did track and field and then later in his life you know coached football he played for tottenham hotspur and then he he became a croquet genius you know same thing like, it's like it doesn't matter what it was he was going to do he was just like i'm going to be the be a croquet god and and that's what he did in his later life it's just amazing to see it's the mindset thing i guess isn't it
0: yeah, definitely.
1: So what, I mean, not to jump to what's next, but like, I guess we'll keep taking it back. When did, you know, you grew up with all these sporting goals and, and you played rugby, you got a rural upbringing, um, lungfuls of clean air. Was running always a focus for you?
0: No, not at all. I mean, probably what got me like, I guess, a bit more applied into... um into sport was the fact that I was living in the middle of nowhere and like mum and dad are both working. So if I want to like go and see friends or like go and rent a movie out or something, like I had to do it myself. So I'd, I'd ride bikes and I'd just like get whatever bike was in the garage and then riding to the next town became just like riding to see my friends who lived in the city, which ended up me clocking up K's and then probably getting into first 15 rugby, then I was like training and actually like running. And that's probably what like got me ticking over the running a little bit more. Uh, Cause I mean like, damn, I, I, I DNF the school cross country when I was a kid, like I, hmm. I, I wasn't, I wasn't a fitty. I wasn't into running at all, but yeah, I've changed that. <laughs>
2: When when did it change? When when did you decide? Oh, I actually quite like running. Assuming you do.
0: Yeah, I got I got pretty into running in like year thirteen when I was doing the first fifteen rugby. Like all the boys are training all the time just to be fit fit enough to play it play at that grade. And so that was then a, f- a level of fitness that was just my base fitness, like my base requirement for for fitness. And uh, and then it then it would have been. Uh, 2016, 2017 where I was like in, in the U S and then like in Ireland and like I was doing a a few more like 5k, 10k races. And then I was like, Oh, I'm actually kind of good at this. Like I was starting to win races consistently. Um, and yeah, then, then, then I guess it was only a year later that I took on my first ultra Mm. and I jumped from like 5k, 10k up to 50k.
2: Wow. So when was that? And what, and what was it?
0: Um, so I had been racing like those, these five and five K series over in Ireland and, um, and then, yeah, doing a bit more sport, doing triathlon and stuff in New Zealand. And then end of 2018, I would have done crazy k's um, at Orton Bradley and done the 50 K and, like slapped that pretty hard, not knowing what I was doing. Came out the gate flying. Got told, like, because it like comes around through a through an aid station every every lap. Like I was getting told to slow down, and I was like, "You're not going to tell me what to do." <laughs> and uh, yeah, by the that's a that's that's four laps of a 12.5 k course, and I think it was um, by the end by the last lap. There's quite a good descending bit and I just busted my quads and like even walking down was agony. Yeah, yeah. Wow. But I still took the W and then I was just like, oh, okay, this is cool. Yeah,
2: yeah. Hey, speaking of Crazy Case, at um, Crazy Case 100 miler last year, you came into that, that transition and it was all on by the sounds of it. Yeah. Tell us about on. that. So it was you and Glen, wasn't it? I think Glen Sutton.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, I hadn't done an ultra marathon prior to that in, I don't know how long, like, I mean, 2021 was horrible with all the race cancellations Mm. and stuff. So like I went into that, I'd done Riverhead at the start of the year, but I hadn't done like an actual like ultra marathon at pace in like probably 18 months, nearly two years. And so I didn't really have a good race plan at all. And I just went out charging way too hot. And it was, and it was hot and I was sweating and I basically cooked myself. I hadn't been taking on nutrition. I'd been drinking like only Coca-Cola for like four hours. So I like had no salts going in and yeah, I, I cooked my chook and like, I was like almost had a collapse moment. Didn't think I was going to finish. But I was just like, oh, well, well, we'll finish even if it means like walking for quite a bit. And I did a bit of a recovery and I lost, my, I lost, sec- I lost first place and went back to second place and, and then basically just trudged on. Uh, and then I was on my last lap and um, coming, coming down that steep hill that I was talking about before and um, someone comes up behind me and I'm just like, I haven't seen anyone in quite a while. I'm still on second and I just reached out. I'm like, Hey, are you Glenn? And he's like, yeah. He's like, are you Sam? He's like, yeah. And both of, neither of us said anything. We just got this like mad look in our eyes and and it went from like a, like a hobbling walk to like a proper full on like canter slash gallop. And we were off and my dad was pacing me at that time. He's like, uh, Leave me behind if you need. I was like, bro, you're getting left behind, <laughs> and we were gone, and um, and then we took off, and we were coming up to a gate, and I just hurdled it, um, just like wasn't leaving any any room for error. I, I didn't know Glenn's ability. I do know that he's a bit of a monster now, but I was just like, right, let's go. You've only got maybe six or seven k's left. You can sprint six or seven k's, and I did, and I and I. Went up to a pretty, pretty fast clip, yeah. and there was a there was a stair section like up magnificent gully, and I sprinted up those stairs. I was like, "Good luck, good luck catching me on these." Um, so yeah, that that was fun. That was one of my highlights so far in my ultramarathon career is just being able to like put together a hundred miles, but then like having a, a six kilometre sprint to finish.
1: Mm. Madness. What is your what's your approach to training?
0: <laughs> uh,
1: my volume
0: isn't as high as like you would expect with the sport that we do. Like ideally, I would like to be doing hundred k to hundred mile weeks. Uh, I'm just not, uh, and haven't been for like quite some time. Uh, I'm, I'm probably doing like fifty to eighty k weeks when I am training good. And yeah, I, I do a good bit of strength work, which probably helps. And uh, and then I bike to and from work every day, just a little fifteen k bike down Great South Road, which I think helps with my conditioning and seems to be working pretty good at the moment.
1: Mm. And to wonders for your peripheral vision as well, biking down Great South Road every day. Um, <laughs> I guess it really is. A bit, I mean, you seem how? If I may ask, how old are you? I'm 28, you're 28 years old. Right. You seem exceptionally driven and that's what's come across. And that's, that's, that's a, please don't take, I'm not trying to dig for it. There's no pivot here. You know, like I'm not trying to like aha moment, but you seem so exceptionally driven. Um, and it just, what is, I mean, is there an end state for you? I mean, cause if you, if, if you think about sort of ultra marathon running, you're Traditionally, you know, you're in your, you're getting into your prime, but you've got a long way to you've got a long road ahead of you, which is awesome. What's drive you know, what's driving, what's the end state
0: Yeah, I mean, like as you've said, like I am pretty young for ultra marathon and that excites the hell out of me because I'm like, sweet, I'm I'm like going good and I'm at the start of my career. Like, provided I don't do anything silly and damage myself, like, like we're in for a good run here. Like this is this is going to be quite fun, and yeah, I just want to push as far, as far as I can. Like, I want I want my children and grandchildren and so on to be able to look back on me and be proud and and like like use that the same way that I use like my. Parents and great grandparents and great great grandparents as uh, inspiration for for what I can do. So um, yeah, I just want to push it as far as I can, and that excites the hell out of me. Mm. Mm.
2: You also, I mean, you're also someone who's not afraid of saying, "I'm going to do that. I'm, mm. I'm here to, I'm here to do the business." Um, you know, I guess the Kiwi kind of way is a bit sort of, oh, well, we'll, we'll see. You know, hide, you know, hide hide the light under a bushel kind of thing. But you, you're not afraid to, to do that. That's, is that. Is is that just part of who you are or what motivates I, you or what is it?
0: I mean, like I don't want to be all talk or anything. So I try not to talk too much, but at the same time, like if you back yourself and you're willing to make a statement and then you're going to follow through on that statement, then hell, mm. go for gold.
2: Mm. Yeah. I remember at the, to, oh, which Olympics was it, Mahi Drysdale, um, saying quite openly beforehand, oh, I'm here to win the gold medal. I'm here to win the gold medal. And I remember being struck by it being very un-Kiwi. Um, yeah. And then, correct, uh, I stand to be corrected, but I think he's born in Australia. So I was sort of going, oh, that must be his Australian side coming out. You know, because Australians <laughs> will say that sort of stuff, won't they? Kiwis won't. But when you think about it, it's like, good on him. He believed he could do it. He, uh, you know, he had the he had the had the talent. He he knew he'd done the training. Why not? You know.
0: Yeah, uh, I mean, I, th- I I think New Zealand culture is terrible for tall poppy syndrome. Like, like right. pe- People mm. who people who overachieve are massively scorned, and I mean, there's a there's a reason why there's a massive mental health crisis in this country. It's like if you stand out, you're going to get shot down. So hmm. like. Don't, don't don't be fantastic or anything cuz mm. nobody wants you to do that
2: mm. Mm. yeah that's right so it's, it's a strange mix of mentality we've got going on here isn't it but yeah, yeah. you you've done boxing as well that helps with the mentality
0: yeah yeah I did. me me and my two brothers we were boxing for a while um that was that was pretty sweet i was fighting from 2016 I think 2016 I had 2017 off and I fought 2018 uh yeah and then 20 and I was supposed to fight 2019 as well but some, something happened I can't remember
1: have you hung up the gloves good do you think or uh, yeah I mean I love a scrap I I, I love a good do fight.
0: you <laughs> <laughs> but um for 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 longevity um, it's like, it's, it's it's not good for you, man. Like, yeah. I love the sport, but at the end of the day, getting hit in the head yeah, is yeah.
1: actually really unhealthy. <laughs> like. What's well, the difference? Between, it, it's fully the difference between, like, ITB and TBI, right? Like, the two things, both hurt, both very different, you know. I know which one I'd rather have. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, you're right. Nice. I was listening to a podcast the other day oh uh, this is such a meta thing to say on a podcast and this guy he was like yeah I, I got really good and he was he he worked up to the point where he was a sparring partner for a professional boxer in the states and then he said this guy hit him one day and hit him in the head and he had to kneel down he said he was sore for about four days afterwards and it was the first sort of realization And he was a really high level sort of amateur boxer and won fights and this professional boxer just clocked him one and and rung his bell really hard and he said if this is as hard as these guys hit and he's hit me once like i'm just having none of it and that was that was him
0: yeah i mean i was i was playing pretty pretty good rugby and fighting at the same time and so monday wednesday friday i was doing boxing training and sparring tuesday thursday i was doing rugby training and saturday i was playing rugby so I was getting hit in the head six days out of seven <laughs> and like, I got to the point where like a light tap and I would just see black and I was right. just, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's, let's not do that Yeah. anymore. Yeah. yeah. What
1: position were you playing, uh, playing rugby?
0: Uh, so I'm not built for it, but um, I, I played a bit of hooker and um, yeah. And then, a lot of flanking just because, like, I like to run all day. Sure. But, um, yeah. And fight. It would surprise a lot of people because I, I would play hooker and I would play prop and i played it in, like, div 2 rugby. And, I mean, I'd be the lightest guy on the field and I'd be in the front row. But <laughs> and I had good, good technique and um, I'd, I'd puzzle the other guys for the ball. Yeah.
1: Well, I guess one thing that's coming coming through Sam is, is it's, it's the, if you put things down on paper, right. And you go oh, like, here's the, you know, here's how much I run or this is how much I weigh. And I, I play prop, you know, I've, I'm a first row football player, uh, but it's everything you're talking to. It's, it's, it's that sense of, I can do this. And I don't think it's a particularly arrogant thing. It's, it's, it's that sort of belief and tenaciousness really.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, I guess I've always been someone who just like, I'll give it a go. Like don't know how to do it, but I'll figure out how to do it.
2: Yeah. Which is why I guess, you know, you can turn up to a, a a backyard ultra three weeks after first hearing about it and, you know, push someone like Chris Bisley to the limits, Mm. you know?
1: I mean, that's, that takes belief. It takes courage. Yeah, for sure. And it it was really interesting. I mean, I was there, uh, I keep saying that, but like, there's two really contrasting. You know, like you're young, scrappy. You're like, you're not going to beat me, old man. Um, <laughs> you know, and he's like, I've done a, hundred, I've done a lot of these. I've it's just two different people at two very different exp- at points in their life. You know, like almost that kind of pivotal, like you know, I've got three kids. This is actually a holiday for me. What are you talking about? This is like, no, I'm going to go see the love of my life. It was really, it was, it was super intense. I think that's the beauty of our sport is it's always what lies behind. Like what's the motivation and and, and the stories are the most incredible parts.
0: Yeah, it, it was, it was very intense. Um, and like, I've, I've had this yarn with a lot of runners, especially like at, um, at pigs. Cause like there's a lot of time to chat over a day and a half of running, and um, I was saying how like it was pretty primal, like oh, towards yeah. towards the end of Riverhead. Like me and me and Chris ran, I think it was for like five hours or something. The end of the race, shoulder to shoulder, and didn't say a word to each other.
1: No, <laughs> like, no, no, it was pretty savage. No, it was, and 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 that's the thing too. It wasn't like. And this is the thing too. It was it, it it was incredible. It wasn't that sense of, you know, n- again, no one's necessarily being unpleasant to the other person. No one is being. Um, and and as soon as it finished, you know, it was let's go drink some chocolate milk and a beer and sit by the space heater uh, and hang out. But there was that sort of yeah. There was there was a definite. There was a real intensity in the air. It wasn't a yeah a, a, yeah.
0: It's it, and I mean. And then touching on that, it's something that I've noticed after both backyard ultras is, um, my behavior after the race for like the next days, um, it has, it becomes very, um, impulsive. So like, I don't know, it's maybe affecting something in the brain, um, Anna being the, the brain person and you being the the feelings nurse, you might probably understand this a bit. A bit but bro- uh,
1: Look, you were high as balls after you finished. Like, I was actually a little bit worried about you. I was like, uh oh, this guy's psychotic. Because you were saying some stuff to the Chris. It was a bit paranoid. You were quite irritated. Do you know, like, there was something I was like, oh dear, this guy's really given his noggin a flogging. Like, I you know, and thought- then I'm, because I met you at the start, you were like, sweet, reticent, polite. You know, and then at the end you're like, uh, you, know, like <laughs> you said this you said to Chris, you're like, you said this about me, or you I was like, whoa, okay, cool. Uh, and then I, I know I know exactly what like there, there's one particular <laughs> line. And I actually saw it a
0: photo today just like flicking through, and there's a picture of like me sitting in a chair. Chris standing over me and my mum just like standing off to the side and she's got this like horrified look on her face and she's obviously like heard what I've just said to Chris. Like
1: just no no filter. No. But then I mean you've you've both been up for a couple yeah. of days. You know, it's it's a it's a it's a big it's a big insult. What does Anna make of this? Is she like are you like, babe, I've got the best plan to get back to Nashville? <laughs> it's just one thing I've got to do. <laughs> um just wait, I, honey. I'm coming. She, she she's all on board with the ultra she she
0: doesn't run she thinks i'll never convince her to run but that that's okay we, we have our own vices
1: that's, yeah wow so what's next i mean everyone asks asks that question we live in such interesting unfortunate time well no, not necessarily wholly unfortunate we live in such interesting times what's next man um, well, I've got
0: a really big next two years planned. Um, I don't, I don't want to like give away all the, all the details because I kind of want some some of the achievements
1: to, yeah. to be a surprise. Mm. But uh, you did post a bit of it on Instagram, though. <laughs> oh
0: yeah, probably. Um, yeah, road road to world champs or something like that. It's <laughs> uh, awesome, man. Yeah, but basically, I've I've planned out the next two years to have like one ultra every month or so like with with like the odd like rest month in between uh and hopefully i can do that without coming to too much grief and it's, it's basically to qualify in as many different versions of ultra marathon towards getting to different different world championship events um pro- provided that they can all be held and that we can travel and that the world goes to some level of normality but um like next will be riverhead go for a big dance there and then after that i've got ultra trail australia um 100k in may and then i've got uh, the south sydney 24 in june so i'll be in australia in may and june for two separate races Uh, so that'll be a bit of fun and
1: the 24 that'll be a different format because that's a Track race. That's a track race,
0: which would be pretty sweet. I th- I think I'm actually entered in the forty eight hour because um, they were they were, they had run out of twenty four hour slots. So um, currently I'm currently I'm running in the forty eight hour, but um, I'm on the wait list to be transferred into the twenty four hour because that's the um, Australian champi- championship event. Yeah,
2: yeah. And so I mean, that's have you done have you done track twenty four hour before?
0: No, um, closest closest to that I've done would have been um, the Sri Chinmoy Hundred K Road Champs yep. in Hagley Park. Uh, that was that was my first hundred K race, and I did it in the wrong shoes with the wrong training, with the wrong nutrition, with like just the wrong everything. And I was I basically collapsed at the at the. Six, at the 50k mark like no body control like yeah couldn't even hold myself up thought i'd get myself to the 60k mark ended up like pulling pulling myself together and, and making the 100ks but yeah yeah so i think it'll be similar to that but i'll do it right
2: yeah yeah this, but... Now you got that knowledge, yeah. And so are you, you going to go, you've got your silver ticket to the, I think they call it silver ticket, the silver coin, didn't they, to um, the virtual world champs. Are you going to
0: toe the line there? Absolutely. So um, that, that's that's my October race. So um, we tying the line with um, absolute machines, best of the best of the best in New Zealand backyard ultra so that'll be it'll be pretty exciting to see mm. what we can do there mm. and hopefully we can uh, get, a, get a slightly better result than, than the last one yeah do you know where that's where's that happening uh I believe it's going to be Riverhead again Sean don't shoot me if I if I got that one wrong but I'm pretty pretty sure that it's still going ahead at Riverhead <laughs> We've got to get some equality
2: in that, don't we? We've
1: got to get some, there's got to be a a vert uh, rule for for the
2: global races, eh?
1: I'm all about that. I think it's uh,
0: a... I I mean, I was doing the math the other day, and I think we've got about the same amount of vert on pigs and the same amount of vert on Riverhead as they do at pigs. Pigs. So we can't actually complain too much considering that the world record has been set on that course. True, yeah.
1: that's true. And it's that, and it's that whole thing, isn't it? It's the you also balance it against the, you know, the athletic achievement of the of the person. You know, like you had seven meters of vert, but yeah, you were running aerobically for four twenty per K for like a hundred miles, you know, like, you go like, oh, that's not, real. it's like me sitting, watching the winter Olympics covered in like barbecue sauce going, he should have stuck that landing. You know, it's, it's <laughs> some comparisons. Not that I did that this time. Uh, some comparisons don't make sense.
2: Yeah. But you, you mentioned uh, right at the start of the conversation about wanting to chase uh, like what Katie achieved at Biggs and so on. So you've got, you've got big distances in mind.
0: Yeah, I've got some pretty big distances in mind. I I really want to push things this year and next year. Um, basically, basically, stamp a mark in the next couple of years, and then and then figure out what trajectory I'm on in ultra. Um, whether that just be doing every ultra distance event, or whether I find something that's that's my forte, and and then really going after that. Mm. Um, mm. What do you I mean there's there's a difference
2: isn't there in doing those sorts of they're almost I'm going to say they're personal challenges but they're not of the backyard format and the 24-hour format versus a race. So do
0: you have a preference? Um I really really like the backyard ultra because like what other format is there that allows you to line up Hour after hour with athletes of varying abilities, like like there's probably people that were running at pigs over the weekend that run a faster 100k than me, and a faster 100 mile than me, and there are people that have maybe never run more than a half marathon. But we were all tying the line, and we got to have conversations because like there is no point in running fast. So like there's a whole heap of people with different abilities. Finishing their loops at the same time and having combos throughout—I mean, that's amazing. Whereas, like, you go into a hundred k or a hundred mile race format, like, you're gone and then you're by yourself a lot of the time for that entire race, and there's no chat.
1: Very true. Yeah, I always, I, I always thought of, thought of that. I, we had a friend who was a very good runner, and he would, his name's Nick Johnson, and he won the Xterra series. Like just something might have been the Nick Johnson run solo series by himself because that's all you know, he wasn't running with anyone else after the first couple of hundred meters. And I always thought as awesome as that would have been, it, yeah, maybe it felt a little bit lonely. I don't know if it did, but yeah, it's the thing of being hunted, right?
0: Yeah, definitely. you got a target on your back. But I mean,
1: yeah, there, there's there's beauty in all racing, so there definitely is. Sam. I've Thoroughly enjoyed this conversation with you, like, one hundred percent. And I'm going to ask you the question that we ask everyone who comes on Dirt Church Radio, and that's Sam Harvey. What's been your greatest run ever?
0: Oh, that's really tough. I've I've been listening to Dirt Church a lot um, over the last couple of months, just as like study. Yeah, a lot, of, lot of lot of study towards my own running because, like, like how how else can I like pick Camille Heron or Scotty Hawker's brain for, for an hour and a half. I just sit there and listen. So um, I have been listening a lot. And then I've been trying to think of, like, my greatest run ever. And um, to, to pick one so far is, is kind of difficult, I think. I would possibly have to pick one of, one of the two um, backyard ultras that I've done so far. Just because, like, there's a hell of a lot compacted into both of those races, like from experiencing the full spectrum of human emotion to just running for multiple days to finding yourself and then losing yourself and then finding something else. Uh, so, I, I would, yeah, I would have to pick one of the two backyards, whether it be pigs or. Or Riverhead, I I don't know. It's 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 a hard one to to say.
1: It's a fantastic answer. Yeah. And I think that yeah, that was that was beautifully put. Well look
0: like you say, I mean
2: it's humanity on on show, isn't it? Um, in a foot race. It it really is. Um, so yeah, I can I can understand why you why you pick those two.
0: Definitely. Yeah.
2: Hey, thank you so so much, Sam. Really, really appreciate it. And um yeah, I think it's been a fascinating conversation, and, and we've really enjoyed it. And we met.
1: Totally, one one hundred percent. Like it's been an amazing conversation. And for what it's worth, now we're face to face. I'm sorry, I had your gloves for so long.
0: Yeah, bro. I mean, they actually came in useful. You had my, you had my, my thermal gloves from Riverhead last year, yep. all the way up to like, I don't know, a couple weeks ago. Yeah, A couple couple weeks ago, and I actually really needed them at uh, at pigs. So I'm I'm grateful that I that I came and picked them up.
1: Yeah, it was always that kind of things got very hectic. It was always that kind of little niggle, like I've got his gloves and the ceremonial beer that Adam Keane gave me to give to him, still in the house, um, and 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 just the the stars aligned, and there we go. He's coming. He's going to Hallatow, and uh, yeah. I, I just wanted to be
0: that one little thing that was like picking away at your conscience <laughs> like, like damn i got to do that ah oh, shit I still haven't you, done it.
1: you were on a spectrum of things that were eating away at me but yeah you were there <laughs> <laughs> no man but look thank you for so thank you so much for coming on Third Church Radio we really really appreciate it and I mean I'm stoked to see like I hope this doesn't come across as too avuncular or anything man like I'm stoked to see where you go in the future like yeah totally all the best yeah, it's going to be a
0: pretty fun journey. I'm, I'm looking forward to taking everyone along for the ride. Awesome.
2: Thanks, Sam. Thanks, Sam. Um, it's going to be fascinating to see what he does uh, in, you know, in races to come, including in that uh, virtual World Champs that he has the, the silver ticket for.
1: I'm really um, excited, I, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think it, uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting when, it's so when you see people who are just like, I'm going to do this, and this, and this, and this, yeah. it's like a sense of like, let's see how you go, it's, yeah, yeah, uh, I mean, certainly having been there, and seeing him at it, uh, you know, tenacious, doesn't really begin yeah. to describe it, absolutely, but well, look, thank you very much for tuning in. We're on social media at Dirt Church Radio. Email us at dirtchurchradio at gmail.com. You can find us on
2: all the podcast platforms you like, and you can like and subscribe us there if you fancy, and you can download direct from the website, dirtchurchradio at gmail. No, sorry, dirtchurchradio.com. And you can send in your greatest friend ever. We'd love to hear from you. You can read them on the website too, dirtchurchradio at gmail.com. That's the one I meant to say just before.
1: Ah, See, that's it, Glenn. Thanks to our sponsors, Scott Running, Further Faster, and CLE. And thank you to our Patreon patrons and Wild Things. And thanks to our editor, Kieran. Stay tuned next week. We've got a really great show lined up.
0: Hey, Cornar. <coughs> thanks, Rugby.